Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. So glad to have you on this Thursday, and we're so happy to have our next guest in studio. Of course, you know him as the Packers' all-time leading rusher, four-time Pro Bowler. Amon Green is here, but you have like a whole new life now that's not about football. It's about esports. We'll get to that in just a moment, but we have like diehard Packer fans who are listening right now. So 100%. they are so thrilled that you're here but now we need to put you to work. Like, Correct. what's going on with the Packers' yeah. offense right now? I'm on. Yeah, um, I, I I had a call I took with uh, actually with Trey Ringo a couple of days ago, and just watching it as a player, you could tell just it's a little bit off out of sync with each other offensively. You know, Matt Lafleur, the head coach, to Aaron and the offense, to uh, you know Joe Barry and the defense, and the defense is probably the most consistent. They're just a victim of the offense not scoring points and creating turnovers for themselves. Fumbles, interceptions, being sacked and then pushed out of field goal range or uh, pushed out of t- having to punt the ball. Yep. So that's a, so they're more victim of what happens to what, what does it happen with the offense, which is scoring points. Which this point last year they were averaging over twenty four points a game, and uh, that's not the point right now. It is really now just focus on and it, Aaron said it because I was thinking it in the second series of that game. I was in the stadium in the bowl watching it with friends and family, and I'm like, they just need to go. They have two great running backs that are doing mm-hmm. pretty good. They just need to go um, single um, single back formation or I formation, we call green formation, and basic tight end setup, five linemen, one tight end, and run the ball downhill, and then I'll set up the play action. Sometimes you got to go back to simplicity mm-hmm. to get back where you want to go and get creative with different formations showing, you know, giving a defense or giving a defense a different look every time. All right, so I have a trivia question for you, Amon. When's the last time the Packers ran the ball in a season more than they passed it? Oh, that was 2003. 2003. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> and how many yards did you run for that season? Uh, 1833. And it worked, right? It worked. It works. So can that? Uh, I don't think they can go that far in, in the year twenty twenty two. How much use can they get out of Jones and Dylan? Because you are paying Aaron Rodgers fifty million dollars a, a year. A lot. Uh, you, I, you ran fifty seven percent of the time that year. That or no, I'm sorry, fifty one point seven percent of the time that year. Mm-hmm. Give me a, a reasonable balance here. What would you like to see uh, for Aaron and AJ Dylan in terms of, and then to Aaron Rodgers yeah. throwing the ball? I would see some. I would go with you know sixty forty. You know, that's a fair assessment of saying 60% we're going to pass the ball, but that we got to set up that 40% first with the run game. You know, start the game, and something we used to do with Mike Sherman and even Coach McCarthy when he took over in 06 was the fact that our first 15 plays, which I think I've heard of that, is where it's 15 scripted plays, yep. no matter what the defense runs, just to test the waters. Yep. And sometimes those first 15 had three run plays in a row. And that was – Okay, yeah, we're establishing the run right away just to see how they're going to fill the box, if they're going to blitz us, if they're going to bring safeties into the box, which is that 10-yard radius from the line of scrimmage, because then that opens up the pass game, and then it gives 
the defensive back and the wide receivers one-on-one matchups. So they're not able to go back and sit in double coverage and bracketing your best receiver. Well, I think the next question is, are these wide receivers good enough to beat one-on-one coverage? I mean, how, how are they going to develop to the yeah. point where they can? Where is that receiving core right now? The, the receiving core is not quite yet, there yet. You know, with Dobbs, who is doing a lot better, and he was my dark horse I called in the, in the offseason once they drafted him. I looked at his his uh, his resume from Nevada and was like, you know, he was all-conference player of the year. He had all the yards he'd broken being a receiver there. So that told me, okay, he has the the grind to do what he needs to do to get better. Um, but he's going to be a rookie still. He's yep. going to have to take – it's going to take time. And then, obviously, then the first pick that was taken, Christian Watson, had all the physicals. Big, fast, father played in the NFL as a defensive back, so he just transferred his DB information to his son. Um, but then he has to hand me during training camp. And as we know, him and I think Romeo's the only guys that played in preseason. So that time was valuable and during training camp, but overall the team didn't because Aaron wasn't throwing them the ball. And I think that was missed out. And I think that's something where I think coaches kind of have to go to the chalkboard and try to rearrange preseason usage, you yeah. know, maximizing three games instead of four, but then having your veterans play because you still got to get in rhythm. You know, in preseason basketball, I just watched the season just started that LeBron was playing during yep. preseason ball. He was getting his reps in. Stephon Curry, they were all doing it. Why? Because you want to get in rhythm. Mm. You want to get in rhythm with your receivers. Running backs want to get rhythm with your offensive line. So you get that time in preseason ball when the games don't count, you know, and, and some of the coaches, oh, well, you know, guys might get hurt. Yeah, right. But that's football. It could be the first game of the regular season and you could do a non-contact ACL. Right. You know, so you can't worry about being injured in football, but you got to let them play and develop together in the preseason. Then the regular season, you don't have these bumps in the road. Yep. Amon Green is with us here in studio, of course. He's still the Packers' all-time leading rusher with a four-time pro bowler and now is doing work with eSports. He's an eSports coach and professor at Wisconsin-based Lakeland University and a media exec and shareholder at ESTV.co. We're going to get to that because that's fascinating in and of itself. Another Packers question for you, though, because we had Sean King on yesterday, the mm-hmm. former quarterback, yep. and he was talking about whether Aaron Rodgers was like the right guy to kind of nurture a young receiving core, right? Does yeah. like doesn't want to play in preseason, right? Of course, um, but sort of like is his attitude: you guys learn it and then come to me, mm-hmm. and we'll you know, or does he kind of wrap his arms around guys because? maybe the personality and his leadership style mm-hmm. might not be right for this type of rebuild on the offense with the receivers. That yeah, I always have to say, I think he made his attempt at wrapping his arm around him when he called the meeting. I think it was right before the mm-hmm. season started, mm-hmm. right after the third preseason or maybe the second preseason game. And that that type of you know call out by your leader on the team, I know as a rookie, I'm all ears. I'm listening. I'm shutting my mouth. I'm letting not, not letting my attention span go somewhere else. <laughs> When I got the guy who's going to throw me the ball, you know, be, the, you know, that he's talking. Um, I remember 2003, the year you just brought up, Andrew. Yeah. That was the year Sylvester Coons, who was the running backs coach. Edgar Bennett was also helping out in that room, who was a former NFL running sure. back as well. Super Bowl champion. We started meeting with the offensive line as a group. Mm. So all the running backs and fullbacks. Yes, we have fullbacks. <laughs> <laughs> we're meeting with our center, guards, tackles even the backup guys, all in the room. And so then that convergence of us watching film together, watching all the run plays, either in practice or a game, then we got to ask questions or the linemen got to ask questions to us. Amon, when I do that on a power, 
you know, when I engage the block, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, I'm basically waiting till you get to the run fit, and then mm. as soon as you hit that guy, I'm I'm skirting past you, or I'm or I'm I might try to influence the linebacker because I could see him trying to either go over top or trying to cheat and stay behind the block. So I'm just trying to use your body as that, and they're like, oh, you know, or sometimes oh. they would say <laughs> things to me like, Amon, you know, I'm trying to get the block fast, so then you could just get out of it. I was like, okay, no problem, and so. Up until that point, I was like, why we didn't do this sooner? Yeah. Right. Because now it opened up my game. I already had a football IQ. I watched a lot of film. I broke it down to the minute details where I learned that when we played against the Bears and Brian Urlacher, Lance Briggs, Lance was the heavier of the two, but Brian was faster. So I know if I could get him to, to bust it to the outside on the outside zone, then I'll have the cutback. But I, I learned, I knew that stuff, but then talking with the offensive lineman, mm-hmm. knowing that that could help them in certain footwork, in situation moving around, then it just brought our game. And that's why we yep. were had more running yards and attempts in 03 over passing yards. That was the one for us personally. That was one big reason why. Talking to former Packers great Amon Green. Uh, last Packers question for me. So after a loss, Aaron Rodgers has been very philosophical this yes. year, almost laid back. You know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we supposed to make of this? Is he cool with the losses? Is he is he this grand wizard? Perloff wants he like more his, fiery. I think the word was yeah. stop being a hippie. Right. Yeah, like, a what's this player. new age Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> what, what's he trying to tell us here? Isn't he dying inside that they're not better so far? Oh, 100%. No, he's a competitor through and through. And yeah. I, I like this because it shows people that there's another way to show how you can be passionate about it without getting fiery. Sure. No, he trusts me 100%. He is a competitor. He's he's just not letting see see nobody, you know, see him sweat. Sure. That's what he's doing. And and he's keeping his mental about him because he understands, you know, possibly, you know, one thing I always think about life after football. You know, how if he becomes a commentator, people are going to like that him being a more of a reserved type but understanding he could still explain what he needs to do to get better because he judges himself his teammates and the coaching staff. He's saying, and then he says, "Hey, we're all doing this together, so we just basically sometimes have to figure this out, you know, assemble it and figure it out together." But I think fans sometimes want to see you die a little bit after you lose. You, you know, that's how we are. Sometimes I feel like fans. Right. Maggie's a Bills fan, so she knows a lot about this losing tough games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good now though. <laughs> sometimes you. I think I the fan. Sometimes I think the fans take it harder than the players in a weird way. But maybe it's because the players aren't showing it. Uh, I say I say for me, I did the same thing. I didn't show it. Yeah. Um, I did my best not to show it because for us, it was it was business. It wasn't personal. Um, the rivalry games that we had from the Bears to the Vikings, the fans took it more serious than us. I mean, yeah. they have a song in Wisconsin that talks about the Bears still suck. <laughs> it's on an album. It's, you could download it. I think it's on <laughs> iTunes or something. Okay. And they, I, pretty, I don't know the song, but I'm pretty sure there's a song out there about how bad the Vikings are or they're not bad, but how bad they want them, the Vikings, to be when they come into Lambeau. So that's how, from the fan point of view, it's yeah. serious intent for us. Like some of them guys we know because some of the guys we potentially went to college with, sure. they were in, or they were in our conference. You know, they I played in Nebraska. I played against guys that were Buffaloes or Jayhawks that played for the Bears, that played for the Vikings mm-hmm. or the Lions. You know, I had actually Dominic Rioli. He was the center for the yeah. Detroit Lions for for years. Yeah, he was a freshman when I was a junior. Yeah, so it was like. I'm not going to hate you. you know, <laughs> we're teammates. We're friends. So, His but, son uh, is the big quarterback going to Ohio State. Exactly. Right? You know, so it's like for us, it's just it's business. And yeah. we, you know, for I knew Brian Urach personally yeah. and Lance Briggs. So we were like, 
Good. We'll help each other up off. Hey, man, how the wife and kids doing? Oh, doing good. All right. See you later. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I love the Lance. chit-chat that you guys have during the game. It's like yeah. when the first baseman yeah. and the runner on first are like talking about the weather and stuff. Wait, Lance yeah. Briggs? I remember Lance Briggs, yeah. the writer. Like, those guys were doing small talk. Like, yeah. I tried to knock your head off. I so, saw it. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah, prime example. Uh, the year they had to uh, remodel Soldier Field in 02. Yeah. So they had to pay uh, down in Champaign at uh, Illini Stadium. And a big play. And he, he got me with a good hit. And oh, actually, I got Aerolacker with a good hit, and he helps me off the ground. He said, "Dude, you just knocked the snot bubbles out of me." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay." I was like, "I like this guy." <laughs> I went back to the huddle, play on, you know. So it was just like playing with people, you know, playing with friends. You know, you brought up Nebraska. Amon Green is here with us in studio. Uh, what do you think? Next coach? Who would you Who would you make a call to to try to recruit and say, "Hey, you should come and coach Nebraska"? Um, well, really, none in mind other than the guy who's there right now, Mickey Joseph, because he's a former mm-hmm. player of Nebraska and just a former athlete himself. Mm-hmm. So, and he's been doing a really good job of getting the team up to play, up to snuff to compete against the teams that we're playing against in the Big Ten. Um, so that's where my my call will go right now. Okay, I haven't really thought about anywhere else because, for one, I've been coaching esports. And yep doing a lot of this, but I, I've heard rumors of coaches that, you know, used to coach at or with DCs or OCs at Ohio State mm-hmm. and other college programs and other NFL programs. So there is it's it's gonna be interesting to see who, you know, Trev Alvarez pulls the trigger on coming to the end of the season. Like I said, my my call will go to Mickey Stan. But you keep were in house. You were, were with Scott Frost, right? Yes, I was with Scott. Were you so, surprised it didn't work out? We all had high expectations. A little surprised yeah. because what I, I had visited him a few his few years down in UCF yeah. and saw how Fantastic of a job he brought that program up. They had the athletes, and he brought in the schemes offensively. And it was just – I was like, it's going to be a matter of time he could do this in Lincoln. And he did. He got there. But then, like I said, just a little bit surprised that it didn't work out. And it's just unfortunate. You know, I had friends. I got family that, you know, live in the state still. So, you know, behind the scenes stuff was, you know, finding out that he quite wasn't, you know, doing – the things as a coach should do, you know, showing up, you know, hearing the rumors about showing up to practice late and not being focused. And then I'm just like, that's, yeah, that's not going to, that's not, a, I say, that's, those are not the actions to keep a job anywhere, right. even at a place you were a champion at for a long time. Yeah, that was really surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amon Green is here with us in studio. So now he's an esports coach and professor at Wisconsin Bank Lakeland University. This is like full time. You are yes. coaching now esports, obviously like video games, yep. straight up. You said that you can scout an esport athlete just like you can scout a football player, a pitcher, mm-hmm. uh, you know, great tennis player. Like what what do you have to see in someone that makes them a great esports player? Um, I see from the gaming, so actual controller in their hand or mouse and keyboard they're controlling is their um reflexes. Mm. Obviously, hand and eye reflexes, especially with mouse and keyboard. You see more of that because of the games like Valorant. So because of the games like League of Legends and any shoot, CSGO is another one. For the shooters and Rocket League, too, mouse and keyboard, it's amazing to see what they could do with it. Mm-hmm. But then also watching how they, you know, how they basically readjust, just like I had to adjust when I'm getting a ball running downhill and it's an outside play, but all of a sudden they're blitzing or everybody support comes up and I got to cut back. I just made an instinctual decision, boom, to go there. And so I got to, I'll see that in the player. You wow. know, I say the next thing will be looking for uh, communication, how they talk to their teammates mm. in the comms. Right. Because obviously, traditionally, I say more recent is uh, a big word in the gaming world is toxicity. And so, so a lot of players in that realm, because I just had this talk with my, my, my roster of players, they would rather fight fire with fire. So if somebody says something rude to them, they're going to fire right back. And I'm like, 
that's not the way to go. You got to be, you got to take the higher ground. Mm. Right. You know, you kind of, you got to one, ignore it, mute them, but don't engage because sometimes if somebody hit the right button by saying a, a rude statement to you, then you're off focus. You right, know, like, just a, like, like a trash talker, like playing against Gary Payton. Exactly, playing yeah. playing against a gay a guy in the you know street ball, and yeah. they're talking about your mom, you know, or your dad. Or at you least know. you can mute them in the esports. Right now <laughs> you can mute. Yeah, back in the day, back you in the day, you just got to. They're in your face. Yeah. So I'm saying, so just pay pay attention to that and learn how to basically swipe the page clean, move on, and make sure you're still focused in the game. Now, Aman, I've I've some eligibility left, and I don't know if you <laughs> noticed the moves. Like, I feel like I'm nowhere near a college athlete anyway. But esports, right. I missed my opportunity here. Th- we all did. I'm built like an esports <laughs> athlete. I'm built, yeah. Would you have not have been the Packers all-time leading rusher? Yeah, would you have gone to esports? I because I tried to go to baseball, and Ron Wolf, or our GM, he said, "No, I'll stick with football." And I was like, "I think I'm gonna listen to him." <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm 25 years old right now, so I'll wait. You to thought this guy. you were gonna leave the NFL and play baseball? Um, back in uh, 2000, actually two years before that 03 season, 2001, I'd not leave. Uh, you know, I was going to do Bo Jackson, oh. Dion. I was going to you know, go play half a season football and wanted to go and play half a season of baseball because I grew up with it. I yep. was good at it. And so, um, Ron Wolf, I had that conversation. It wasn't, it was like a, it was like walking past. He overheard me say, he's like, <laughs> baseball? He said, no, 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 you're doing pretty good here. Now I'm like, uh, <laughs> That guy knows a little bit more than I do. So, what were you an infielder, outfielder? Uh, outfielder, yeah, yeah okay. so right, left, center. So, yeah. I remember Nebraska got that kid, Bubba Starling, who's now. Do you remember him? He's a player now. He was number. Mm. He was a like the top football recruit, but he chose baseball because he didn't want concussions. And oh, okay. he's now in the Royals. I right. think it was the biggest recruit Nebraska had ever gotten, but didn't play. Right. You know, I, yeah, my mom would not let me play football, but she would have been in on esports. That would have <laughs> been day. great all oh. day. I mean, Tech Bowl is not a game, but listen. Oh, it's a game. What are you talking about? I mean, it's about? not like you can't you can't compete. You're not going to win big prizes. Yeah. Well, yeah, not big prizes. Yeah. There's there's events in actually Wisconsin. They do a, a win. It's actually coming up by the new year, usually by uh, New Year's Day or after the, that weekend. They have a Tech Bowl tournament at yeah. the Wallering Hole in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I also heard there's another Tech Bowl tournament coming up in Omaha, Nebraska. I swear, somebody invited me to come Ooh. cover it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Please let I mean, me know. That is right in your I mean, right. house. That's Listen, right. It's everyone not knows, Lincoln, but it's close. Everyone knows the unstoppable Bo Jackson three yard run. All day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you, you have didn't to play Tecmo Bowl and didn't know that. You didn't play Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amon Green is here with us. Wow. Well, I mean, congrats on finding this other passion. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's something to, after football, we know it can be hard for guys sometimes when you get out of the sport to find, like, what's next. Yeah. And it seems like you found it with esports. Yeah, it was something that, you know, I knew it was coming at the end of my career, officially done with the Packers in 2009. Then I played in the United uh, Football League, which was a league that didn't last long. Uh, but I got to play in my hometown. It was I played for the Omaha Nighthawks, mm-hmm. so I, that was a great opportunity. And then that folded the next year. And so I knew probably halfway through, my, I knew at the beginning to halfway through my career that, you know, reality is I'm going to be old and football is going to be past me because I'm not that fast no more. And it's just the natural way of things. You know, it was something that my dad, my parents told me, mainly my dad, he always talked about, you know, when you do something, especially with uh, watching football and playing sports, it's, some of the sports are young men's sports. Like football is one of those. NBA. Are we or sure? Be, or Tom being a quarterback. Tom Brady's 45. That's what I'm saying. Be, or being a quarterback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then basketball, baseball, obviously, you can go and play. I know some baseball players play to their 50. It was a, a Julio, Julio Franco. I think he yeah. was yeah. around 50-something when he. Yeah, Randy Johnson was pretty old. Hung, and there's a couple of guys. Nolan uh, Ryan was right, pretty old. Right, hung up the bat in the cleats there. So I knew that in mind. And a lot of players wouldn't do what I did. They wouldn't think about, oh, man, mm. when I'm done playing, I'm going to do this. Because yeah. they're worried about, okay, we're playing now. If you think about the end, then it's over. I was like, I was thinking about that 
during the 03 season. Yeah. And I had a pretty good 03 season, 04 <laughs> season, I was a Pro Bowl. I was like, so it's just the natural way of thing. And I think that's that would, with that mindset will help athletes transition a lot better out of the game. Because usually when they don't have that mindset, they, they don't know, they got to figure out in retirement what I'm doing next. Yeah. Instead of already have a predestined idea, okay, like I had, I want to coach and potentially if I learn how to, I say, have the good etiquette and be a proper commentator. I've took classes since I retired, so that's where I feel I could do what I'm doing now yeah. as a commentator and shoutcaster in esports. So that's where I wanted to go. And I went down those ways to get education, to get coaching in it. Um, um, I had um, Andy, Andy um, Goodrich and uh, Mark Watts who helped me in those uh, areas. And so with that in mind, there was no year where I was like going in down that, that bad path. Yeah, right. You know? And I have friends yeah. and family who all played in the NFL that have been down that road. And, you know, once they're in, down that road, it's just, you know, you got to help them out of it. But for me, I was like, I don't want to go down that road yeah. at all. So I'm this where I'm going to set myself up, do something and find that next. I basically said, I'm going to find that next love because I love football. I love doing that just like my just like my family. I love my family. So I'm going to do everything I can do to be the best next thing I do. And, you know, and it, it was gaming and then coaching and now now I'm doing both. Yeah, basically. putting them together. Wow. Well, fantastic. Amon Green, thanks so much for joining us. Of course, check out ESTV.co. You can find some more information there. And best of luck to you and your team. I don't know. When's the season? I don't, I'm sorry. The season Forgive are me. fall and spring. Fall and spring. And okay. tonight is, today is Thursday. So we may have an NBA 2K player playing tonight. Ooh. And then tomorrow, Friday, we have Smash Brother players. We have four of them. And right now, out of four players in three weeks of games, they've only lost once. Wow. All right. So nice. Eleven to one. What do you have, like? What's the team name? Go. Uh, muskies. We're go muskies. It's a, it's a muskies. Wisconsin fish, and it's a musk. Yeah, it's called a yeah. muskie. <laughs> okay. Go muskies. Okay, go muskies. We've just adopted an esports team. Amon, thank you so much. Uh, coming up next, of course, your phone calls at eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven, and we're calling it now. The first loss for undefeated teams in college. Perloff and I look into our crystal ball next. Don't move more, Maggie and Perloff. Straight ahead. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Wow. <laughs> Amon Green, a former Packer great, just joined us in studio and said there is actually a song out there about the bear sucking. And he's right. <laughs> Thank you, Stu. <laughs> Catch yeah, I mean, the lyrics are quite simple, but... Honestly, a little too on the nose right now. You <laughs> know? I know this song was written a long time ago, but the Bears, unfortunately, not great right now. Wow. Uh, yeah, thank you to Amon Green. And that's so interesting about esports. I mean, obviously, I think we miss the scholarship days of this. <laughs> I, yes. Yeah, but that would have been so cool. Um, but it did get me my, my Tecmo Bowl 
uh, blood flowing. I could play, I could sit 12 hours. I would have been Kyler Murray. I, I played, <laughs> you know, I, I went to a hard college and wasted 60% of my time playing video games. <laughs> I, we knew that you were spending your time wisely in yeah, the dorm yeah. playing Tech Mobile. So uh, your yeah, parents yeah. are very proud we, of that. We would do money tournaments for Tech Mobile. They could last three days. It was weird. And this was before, this is when video games were garbage yeah. compared to what they are right now. Very like uh, pedestrian yeah. at that point. Um, yeah, you're basically playing like Pong. Yeah. <laughs> and loving it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? Spending hours playing Pong. <laughs> All right. We got to turn our attention to college football right now, Perloff, because we've got so many undefeated teams. But as we know with college football, undefeated this early in the season, uh, we know it's not going to end up that way. Yeah, I had a great stat. I love this from USA Today. Only nine teams from the Power Five conferences have gotten to the postseason undefeated since 2014. Only nine. Wow. That, that's that's 1.1 a year. It is incredibly hard to go undefeated. So it's Thank mid- you for the point one. Yes. <laughs> I, which is probably wrong. It's probably point two. <laughs> but uh, I was too busy playing video games to do yeah, math class. <laughs> but it just reminds you, it is, you think right now there are all these undefeated teams. They're not going to stay undefeated. I know that's obvious, but you forget in mid-October that everyone here is going to lose. Okay. I think I have one team out of the ones that are undefeated so far. If I were going to pick the one team that I think is actually going to stay undefeated, I know that's not how we're technically going to do this segment, but if I was going to pick one that I think is still going to be undefeated, I think that it would have to be Clemson. Yeah. I think, obviously, they have Syracuse this weekend, but if you look at Syracuse, I mean, great defense. If you look at who they've played, it hasn't exactly been murderer's row. And last week, they beat NC State, but NC State lost their quarterback in the game. So I really can't say that I think Syracuse is a juggernaut, and I think offensively they're not going to be able to keep up. To me, it looks like Clemson over and may, and 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 basically then whoever wins the Ohio State Michigan game, right? But the thing about because Clemson, Ohio State would yeah. be undefeated as well if they win that game. Yeah, the thing about Clemson though is, do are they really blowing anybody out? I mean, they went the double overtime against Wake, who's a good team, and then they were really they, Florida State was right there at the end of this game. These are not great teams. Then they have to play ACC title game would probably be North Carolina, who's pretty good too. I don't know. I just don't I don't see Clemson, this Clemson team. If they do go undefeated, it feels like a, a function of the schedule because they've been in kind of some battles and they don't they're not blowing anybody away either. So I don't know what that means. You're right. It could happen, but it just doesn't feel like you look at the Clemson Tigers right now. Does that say undefeated team to you? No, but I'm looking at Syracuse next at Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina, and Louisville, Miami, South Carolina are all at home. Yeah, I mean, listen, at Notre Dame. Yeah, it might be Weird something. things happen. Oh, Notre Dame beat BYU, who's a, who's a top 20 team. I know and Notre Dame's not good. I don't know. I that would, in Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. obviously, we think is the other team. You know, they still have Iowa, Penn State. They've got Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland. None of those teams scare me. But then, obviously, waiting at the end there is Michigan. Yeah, and wait, uh, are we counting the conference title game here, too? I don't know that no. Ohio State's going to lose that, too. But, no, I think, I I think we're saying, are they going to make it to the Final Four undefeated? Yes. So, yeah. yes, conference title game. I, I don't know. You know, because Ohio State could get in with one loss as well. Feels like a long time. I'm not, I'm going to have no undefeated teams going into the Final Four. All four one loss teams. Pure chaos. Pure chaos. I had to root for it. So, so you're too, you think, what about Michigan if they beat Ohio State? Well, if they beat Ohio State, then I think they're going to okay, win. So, but I think, so that's I think your Ohio only State's going to win. Yeah. That's your only loss. What about this whole Tennessee? Okay. So Georgia, I've thought about this cabal. quite a bit. So with Tennessee, right? Obviously, the easy thing to to say is that 
you know, they would probably lose to Georgia. And that's right. However, I'm curious to see how they come out. It's Tennessee Martin is their next opponent. So obviously that's not going to be much of an opponent for them. But then it's Kentucky. How long, if there's a hangover at all after beating Alabama, how long does that last and does Kentucky have a shot? I don't think so right now. I think that Georgia is obviously the one you would pencil in. That's where Tennessee would lose. But I do have my eye on that Kentucky game in two weeks. Yeah, uh, and then... That's another really challenging SEC title game. So uh, I don't know. That feels like a long way. Do you, there's a lot of comparisons. They have the same exact offensive numbers as LSU in the Joe Burrow year. They could have that formula to be the team of destiny. Man, SEC. That's I don't see that happening. I I think it's more likely they lose to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Georgia's undefeated. Georgia goes in the SEC title game. Alabama runs the table, and all three of them end up with one loss. Yeah, that's possible, and then so, all three of them would end up in, probably. May, yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm voting pure chaos, all one losses. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say they lose a okay. game. I'm going to say Georgia loses a game. Which game do you think Georgia is going to lose? So right now it would be Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Kentucky. I think the SEC title game. Okay, so you think they're going to run the table through the regular season? Yeah, I think they would. Is this, that's not super high. Yeah, I think they beat Tennessee. I think Tennessee is playing with fire over that. The other thing, too, is Tennessee beating Alabama really blow you away the way it once might have. Because Alabama almost lost to Texas. Yeah. They really came close to losing Texas A&M in the previous game. So I don't even know how to judge that that loss. It was, I mean, that win. Was that such a great win? Does that mean they're as good as Georgia? Yes. It's all. It's always a great win if you beat Alabama. I but can't this, take away from that. I, even though you had Bryce Young who was coming yeah. off of the sprained shoulder, I mean, you know, they, they were close with A&M because they didn't have their quarterback. But it feels like Alabama's a step down this year. Their defense is not what it once was. Um. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think there's a real legitimate, I think there are real legitimate recruiting wars that are going on yeah. that affect Alabama in ways that didn't used to because of what Kirby Smart's doing at Georgia. Mm. I think some of those guys who they would have recruited who no doubt would have gone to Alabama now might be going to Georgia, you know, because I think that Smart and, and Saban are going head-to-head quite a bit on the yeah. recruiting trail. Yeah, I also too they're so dumb this year. I mean, 15 penalties the week before uh, against A&M, 17. That doesn't sound like Nick Saban. Uh yeah, it's still I'm not betting against them. I say they're somehow in the final four. What other undefeated teams do we have? So, well, one one small thing, I know I just gave some love to Kentucky that maybe they, you know, watch out for them against Tennessee. I'm not trying to double down on Kentucky, but think about it. If Georgia goes through this like, if you get through Florida, then Tennessee, then Mississippi State, is there something about just getting to the end of that and you feel like you're kind of like through the gauntlet and then here's Kentucky waiting for you? And maybe there's one of those like you just got you just went through wow. like the ringer and now you still have to play one last, like, really good team at the end of the season. Uh, wait, for which? For who? For Georgia. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Georgia's not great either. That's the other well, thing. They're, they're definitely down. They, they're nothing like the close team. Close against Missouri, close yeah. against Penn State. Yeah, they're nothing like the team from last year. Yeah, that could definitely happen. Um, so now, Kentucky, have... but, you know, there are a lot of – people aren't sold on Kentucky at all. No, I get it. Well, right? I, they I have, totally they understand might have that. the number one pick in Will Levis, but the whole team is kind of up and down. So that's the SEC. That's just the nature of it. That's why they're only nine undefeated teams. That's how I told you, Maggie. None of these teams are going undefeated. Okay, a couple more for you. Obviously, TCU. Uh, that could end this week against Kansas State. That's possible. They're, then they're at West Virginia, Texas Tech, at Texas, Baylor, Iowa State. Um, okay. Oof. Yeah, I know. <laughs> then you also have Ole Miss. You thought that was an oof. Wait to hear Ole Miss. This is their schedule. They're at LSU where they are underdogs 
on the road. They're seventh in the country, yet they're two-point underdogs right now on DraftKings at LSU. Then they're at Texas A&M, then Bama, then at Arkansas, then Mississippi State. That is rough. And then finally, you have UCLA, and that might end this weekend at Oregon, which is a massive game. Yeah, I mean... I hate to say this. UCLA seems like the slimmest of chances to me. Well, if they get by Oregon, then you're Stanford at Arizona State, Arizona, USC, and Cal. Yeah, USC. I mean, USC is waiting there. I, I, I realize that. Yeah, I mean, and my under, Cal Bears, under course. all that pressure to face USC, that is this UCLA team that good? I, I don't know. Also, they're probably going to lose. I if like they Oregon pull the week. upset in Oregon, is that an upset, by the way? I don't know what the betting line is Yeah, there. I think Oregon's favorite. Yeah, um, then I think you're going to get here a lot of people jumping on UCLA. To win at Austin Stadium, a really tough place to play. Yeah, but if you look at the rankings, I mean, USC's, what are they? They're right behind them. They're 12. UCLA's 10. I think most people think USC's a more talented team based on the fact that they have crazy talent <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and, you know, I, I can't see. It feels like a Cinderella team who's about to get smashed, UCLA, wow. the pumpkin. I mean, come on. Okay, so tomorrow on Fridays, Perloff and I do our segment, I Got Five on it, which is where we pick one un- underdog team in college football to win outright. Not against the spread, straight up money line, do it on DraftKings. And I'm thinking about UCLA for tomorrow strongly. 855-212 as my upset. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Okay, coming up. Saints and Cardinals tonight. The big question we have about Kyler Murray. We'll do that in just a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff after this CBS Sports update from Rich Ackerman. Maggie and Perloff. Big Thursday night game tonight. Really big. Uh, Not sure officially who's starting a quarterback, but if you go to DraftKings right now, Perloff, all of the passing props are all with Andy Dalton. There's nothing there for Jameis Winston, so I think they know a little something, so let's just go on the idea that it's going to be Andy Dalton for the Saints, even though the team is not officially set. Ed Werder said that he's hearing it's going to be Dalton starting, but he said Jameis Winston's going to be active, which is bizarre. Uh, So maybe maybe play both at some point, but yeah, I'm going to assume Dalton... I think unless James Winston is 100, 100%, there's no point. Because what's the difference between, I hate to be, a, I'm not an Dalton apologist, but is there a gigantic, well, you are, but. Is there a gigantic difference <laughs> between Andy Dalton and James Winston right now? Listen, with the amount of injuries that are on the Saints yeah. offensively, with no Michael Thomas, no Landry, you're missing your left guard and Andrews Pete, you've got injuries all over the place. You know, it's going to be tough to cobble together some offense. I'm expecting a lot of Chris Olave and a lot of Alvin Kamara. And maybe... You know, also some Juwan Johnson, the tight end, because Troutman, his backup, is also injured. Yeah, it's it's a really tough assignment. You know, they this game also could be total chaos. It's just a weird Thursday it's night It's 100% going to be chaos. You have like four block punts. And you, you don't know what's going to happen here. Well, you used to always say that you've never had like a, or I forgot who said it, there's never been like a normal Russell Wilson game. Yeah, that's a Kevin Clark yeah. yeah, there's, there's never, never been, been a normal Kyler Murray game either. No. It's impossible. And now DeAndre Hopkins is coming back tonight. So a couple things on Hopkins. 
Uh, anytime touchdown score, I like that as a prop. You know, this stuff is just like a little bit here and there. Or the first touchdown scored, if you think they're going to go to DeAndre Hopkins, try to, you know, make a statement there. That's plus 700 right now on DraftKings. That could be worth $5. Also, Hopkins, five and a half receptions. That's where the line's been set for him. I mean, I without Hollywood Brown, who's also going to be out for this game, I can imagine, Perloff, that yeah. force-feeding DeAndre Hopkins could be on the menu tonight. Yeah, uh, and Marshawn Lattimore is out. And as yep, I've been telling point. you, I've been a temporary Saints fan because Andy Dalton's been playing. Yep. And their secondary is maddening. They are the worst. Uh, the other thing is Robbie Anderson is in town, but he will not be playing much. So that is good. Apparently, there's a report he'll only play 15% of the snaps, which is all good for DeAndre Hopkins. And even if Robbie Anderson's there, he's more just going to catch a long ball. He's not going to get a lot of volume. I like DeAndre Hopkins. There's also You can also get plus 700 on two touchdowns. Oh, for DeAndre? Yeah, which yeah. to me is just a function of how bad the Saints' defense can be. But Thursday night, it's hard to score. And you were just talking about before the segment, the Cardinals have not scored in the first half. No, like, been... at all. That's not hyperbole. <laughs> yeah, they don't score in first halves. It's it's a slow start. Yeah. Um. And then, obviously, like, it's always the furious comeback in the second half when Kyler just starts basically playing Madden out there I for just life. Have, I have this strong instinct to go against everything we know about both these teams and think that there's going to be scoring tonight. Okay. Uh, Over-under on this game, uh, 44. Yeah, so, I'm, not crazy. I'm going totally over even Kyler Murray. I think it's wishful thinking <laughs> yeah. on the over because we've had a I'm, lot of games that are like 12 to 9 yeah. and stuff like that. Well, the I good think thing you is, want it to be over. If you bet the over under on a Thursday night game, you pretty much know by halftime that it's not going to go over. <laughs> then you can hedge. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's why, yeah, yeah. I mean, this can't last forever, Maggie. Someone's going to have to figure out how to play football on Thursday night. And we know Andy Dalton's amazing in primetime. It's going to be him. <laughs> yeah. What is his uh, stat again? Uh, he's over 11? 11 on road primetime games. That's, that's the flattering stat. There is even less flattering stats. I mean, he was I think he started out like 0 for Wait, there's 6. There's less a, <laughs> flattering stats than 0 for 11 in primetime on well, the road? It started out, his whole career started out. I think he lost his first six nighttime games, and he's only won a couple since then, but he's pretty much won at like 74% during the day, which is really good. And how many How many of those were in the playoffs? Well, let's see. He played in, I think he played in four playoff games. He missed one. Yeah, no, he he's never won a playoff game. Yeah, no, we we know that famously. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. all those Bengals years but it was it's so right, frustrating. It's not like he was like on the border of being on a Super Bowl team and made the playoffs. Like they <laughs> made the wild card and played the Texans and lost. Um, Taysom Hill anytime touchdown. I know yeah, you'll be uh, into that. That's kind of an automatic bet. You know, if he's healthy, that's usually a pretty good bet to make. And then Alvin Kamara, uh, four and a half receptions. I like the over there just because. Who else are they throwing yeah. it to? You know, he's great catching the ball out of the backfield, and, you know, they're going to need a healthy dose of Kamara. I think we could be the uh, Cardinals defensive coordinator. It's not hard to figure out this team. You better just stop their running back deal. It's Vance Joseph, by the way, who will probably uh, be aware that Alvin Kamara is going to see a lot of touches. I get it. But then you do have Chris Olave, so we'll see what happens. This portion of the show is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app and use the code MMP for Maggie and Perloff to get in on the action. You know what? I've talked myself into this game because I know what's going to happen. This is going to be referendum on Kyler, like a Kyler Murray primetime game. Yeah, we, we haven't gonna, had that yet. And Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Because Cliff Kingsbury also kind of quietly under the radar, like, is not good. And I, I, I'm not as much of a Cliff Kingsbury hater. The fact that he got this Cardinals franchise to the playoffs is a small miracle, even if he gets fired. I mean, he took over a 3-13 and team and Steve Kimes is GM. 
Uh, yeah, no, the GM <laughs> doesn't seem like a picnic either uh, in terms of talent evaluation. But I, uh, I, I have not been impressed with Kingsbury just because the teams keep fading. Yeah, but the, I mean, remember they were really, really bad before he got there. They, they and then they tried to hire, hire all these veterans like JJ Watt, yep. AJ Green. I think that's really hard to do in the NFL. Uh, the Rams got lucky with it, but the Cardinals guys are about five years older than the Rams guys. <laughs> yeah, maybe that wasn't lucky. Maybe it was just a little more like understanding what they are. But, but the other question too is about Cliff. Is he making the most out of Kyler Murray? Uh, would Kyler Murray be upgraded at another team? Would it be better if he was on the Bears or the Giants or well, one the of the Bears? I don't know about that. I mean, I mean that's where, where quarterbacks Murray go be? to their careers go to die. He might be good on the Saints with Sean Payton. Sean Payton did well with Drew Brees, but yeah. I think. Kyler Murray is not necessarily the easiest quarterback to coach. You need to have a particular system. Right, but don't you feel like chicken of the egg? They hired Cliff because of Kyler. Yeah, no, I know. Right. I mean, I, he was going to be USC's offensive coordinator and now is the Cardinals head coach because yeah. of Kyler. Uh, okay, here's a question. If Cliff is fired, do you think the next coach is going to get any more out of Kyler? You know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe uh, this just might be it with Kyler, which yeah. is not bad. Like, you know, you talk about would you rather have Kyler or this other guy, right? We talk about sometimes he can be a little bit infuriating, but he still has so much talent. He's so good improvisationally. He has a big arm. Like, he's got it all. Um, I think that there would be teams lining up if Kyler Murray was, you know, if, if you had to choose between your quarterback or Kyler Murray, really? I think Kyler's going to win a lot. I know people wonder about his commitment, obviously, with the homework clause and the playing video games and stuff. But, no, I think that people can't get enough of that talent. Really? I don't see that that kind of talent. Hmm. I mean, yeah, he's somewhere probably between 10 and 20 in quarterbacks, but I, I don't see him as a potential top 10. I mean, guys, his numbers have never been that big. His career high is 26 touchdowns. No, it's not a lot. But he's not still young in his career with not exactly – when DeAndre Hopkins is there, it mm. looks good, but he hasn't yeah. had gangbusters right. receivers mean, besides that. It's going to be hard for him to put together a good stat season this year. He's going to really have to catch fire because it's been really bad so far. He's got six touchdowns, four picks right now Yep, through five games. It's not going to come. It's not it. impressive. Yeah. So, sorry, through six games. It hasn't been impressive. That's the question. Is it a new quarterback tonight? Starting with DeAndre Hopkins, are we going to get the old, old Kyler there? And if so, Cliff could save his job. I mean, I don't know if Cliff necessarily is in trouble. Cliff, the GM, Kyler, everyone got paid this offseason. So is the owner, the Bidwells, are they really just going to say, all right, we're going to eat all this and we're going to what, get uh, someone else in here? Do they feel like they can do better? I don't know. They hadn't done better before Cliff. I mean, what, who was the coach before him? Steve well, Wilkes. Steve Wilkes didn't get a real shot. You know, he was fired after one season. Josh Rosen obviously is not caught on anywhere else in the NFL. He clearly was a bust. Let's look. So before Cliff got there, they were uh, they got to the Super Bowl obviously in 2009, but and then they were 13 and three in 2015 with Bruce Arians. Then when Arians left, it immediately fell apart, and they had losing season, losing season, losing season. Why do people not just keep Bruce Arians? That guy wins a <laughs> lot of games. <laughs> hey, that guy can coach. Turns out. Now he's in the front office watching uh, Tom Brady from a suite. <laughs> Can't even be on the sidelines because he's not allowed. Because he's yelling at Saints players. That's why. Bad business. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Coming up, Russell Wilson's latest cringeworthy moment. Oh, not another ad. Oh, we'll get to it in a moment. Don't move. More Maggie and Pearl off after this. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.